This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Hello, all spooky nerds. Aaron Sagers here, and welcome to Small Talk, a mini episode of the Talking Strange Paranormal Pop Culture Show. And hopefully, you checked out this week's episode, regular episode, with Cliff Berkman of the Bigfoot and Beyond podcast and the Finding Bigfoot show. I really like how passionate Cliff is on the topic and his serious commitment to treating Sasquatch and Sasquatch research seriously. Now, on to other matters. Uh, This past week was Valentine's Day, and I wanted to offer a big thanks to my supporter, Emmy. Emmy has, it's not the first time she has sent just these delightful gifts. She created a zine coming out of the Strange Escapes Mount Washington event last November, and she did it again. Emmy sent me a homemade Valentine's Day card saying you're the goat to Aaron from Emmy with a cool hand-drawn design of a a demon goat, perhaps a chupacabra, a goat sucker maybe. But I like it. I love it. And it just shows I'm so appreciative of her taking the time to do so. She also made a lovely origami flower and sent that to me. So thank you, Emmy. Thank you for the support. I don't know if I'm the goat, but I might be the chupacabra. I'll take that. And now we want to talk a little bit about last weekend we had the the small talk revolving around a listener submitted message about a spectral spiritual spouse, a woman that said that she had married her. She had unfortunately lost her, her lover had passed away and he started to appear to her and ghost form and spectral form and she and he agreed to marry one another and she took on his surname and she was wondering whether she should tell her family and also about how to proceed with this relationship as she also studies shamans shaman studies shamanistic studies she's on her way to becoming a shaman so some of our folks from the Patreon, the Geeky Creepy Tiki Travels Patreon, patreon.com slash Aaron Sagers, they weighed in with their advice for Ms. X and her spiritual spouse. Jackie says that she has no, she no doubt believes everything that Mrs. X says she is experiencing and that there is a complete belief that is part of creating reality. Jackie says, I have no doubt that his spirit connected with her after he passed, but she mentions carrying on a romantic relationship with her new spiritual spouse. Does she consider this the same as a sexual relationship? What does her new role as a wife with Mr. X consist of currently? And what does she consider a traditional nature? I think that's a good question from Jackie. 
And Alicia asks, I have no knowledge or experience to draw from, but I can offer some initial reactions from taking her story at face value. If it makes her happy and is not hurting anyone, then she should continue to explore this. I do wonder, though, if this will keep her from exploring another physical relationship. I know there are people who are very happy and satisfied in life without a partner, but they can also bring you so much joy and support that I'd hate for her to forego that. Maybe she can have both. My other thought is if she is afraid of how his family might react, she needs to think through why she feels like she needs to, needs to let them know. Is there a benefit to this? I'm sure Mr. X would not want to cause his family any pain. So unless sharing with them can bring them joy or peace, I would not do this. Dawn weighs in. If this makes her happy, by all means, continue. Yes, it might hurt his family. It's not a good idea to bring them into it. However, maybe there are ways to bring up the paranormal to his family to see if they have an opinion about these issues in general to get an idea about how they feel about it and go from there. This kind of warms my heart, says Dawn. And that's a good that's a good point. Maybe kind of test the waters a little bit with the family before you say, by the way, I, I myself and your son are in a relationship and we're married and I took his last name from G over at the Patreon. She says, I think I would keep the marriage to myself for a while before broaching the family. They may not find it appropriate. We don't really know how often she interacts with them. So saying this out of the blue would probably not be received well. I'd also love for Mrs. X to elaborate on the spiritual spouse relationship. Is he there all the time? Does he reside in her head and her dreams? It's very intriguing. I think the best course of action is for her to become an apprentice to a reputable shaman and continue her journey. So there you have it. We, we heard from our listeners and patrons on this one, and I appreciate everybody weighing in with their advice. And I, I also appreciate Mrs. X for weighing in and writing this note to us. I hope other people continue to contribute. And Mrs. X, if you have other thoughts on this, if you hear this, let us know. We want to hear more from you. Now, we have another note for this small talk, another listener submitted email. And this is the subject line, the ghost that played ball. So let's hear it. Hi, Aaron. I'd like to share a story about my wife and mine's first house I thought you may be interested in. It spans the course of about five years, so I'll condense it as much as possible into a few encounters. It goes a lot like a lot of things I've heard. Bought an 1800s log house, started restoring it, and then something started happening. Now, this is way up in northern Wisconsin in the middle of nowhere, so light and noise pollution are non-existent. At first, we'd hear faint footsteps, whispering, darting shadows, etc. We blew it off as old house noises and shadows, but as time went on, things escalated significantly. I worked nights then, and I'd get home about 5, 4 a.m. One morning, I laid down for bed, and I heard a woman humming, like one would do with a baby. I sat up startled, and my dog went after it, barking. I, of course, got up, looked, and never found anyone and doors were still locked. Another morning, just as it started getting light, I laid down and dog curled up beside me. I felt a voice so close to me, I swear I could feel the breath on my face. To this day, I have no idea what it said, but it did not seem in English. I know this is sounding far-fetched, but another morning, I felt fingers go through my hair and actually saw my hair move out of my face. At this point, 
My wife is claiming to see moving figures in the house and things are moving around like keys and other small objects. Fast forward about a year and we're sitting in the living room watching TV and an almost solid human figure comes out of the bedroom, floats between us and the TV and goes through to the, the wall to our left. We both froze and then looked at each other. Her face was probably as disbelieving as mine. In the same room, we had a hanging lantern as our power would go out often. Again, we were sitting on the couch, and it began swinging wildly as if it was hit by a gust of wind, yet the windows were all shut. We started figuring out that if we talked about our guests, things would ramp up, so we made a pact not to discuss it inside. One night, we woke up to someone running upstairs. Now, what happened next several times what happened next happened several times, but this changed our lives forever. So the ceiling in this house was very short, barely seven feet tall. So it's happening almost within arm's reach. We were listening to someone running down the hallway above us and kick the red rubber ball that I had used for my back injury. We'd hear running, then boing, ball would bounce off the wall and it would repeat. We ran upstairs, pistol in my hand to again see nothing but a rolling ball. This kept happening to the point where I'd be on the phone and would have to yell at the guest to shut up because I couldn't hear. It would come to a dead stop, but would resume another day. It never dawned on us to do the ghost hunting thing with recordings and whatnot. It became a part of us as if the house was alive. We look back at it and it's almost disbelief that we didn't really do anything about it. We did write a journal about everything we say and almost filled a notebook with everything. It was like we were protecting them just doing their thing and they seemed pretty comfortable with us. So sorry for the long story, but it is hard to keep it short and there is more LOL. Anyway, keep up the great podcast and that's from Andy. Andy, thank you for writing in and letting us know this really excellent story. It is funny because it is a signature and kind of unique tale very, very personal to Andy and his wife, and yet it does fit these patterns. It's almost like we hear a lot about this activity sort of ramping up, uh, escalating, almost it wants more and more attention. It's also fascinating to me that, and at least initially, it seemed like a lot of the activity was focused on Andy and at a certain time of the day, around 4 a.m. when he would come home from work and lay down for bed. And also to me, it sounds like based on what he's storing, saying in his story that there's almost more than one potential get, a ghost, guest, ghost, ghost, guest, that they are experiencing. They, we, we are hearing this woman and the humming and someone touching his face and then almost this childlike activity with the bouncing ball. And we can't say for certain. There's no rules to any of this, right? But that's kind of what it initially sounds like to me. But it doesn't sound malevolent in my opinion, just sounds playful, mischievous, like it wants attention. So, uh, and I also, I'm, I'm intrigued, interested. I, I find it, it's interesting that even though they were not into ghost hunting and not in a paranormal investigation, Andy and his wife did sort of try to set down these boundaries. Like we have to live with this thing. So we're going to tell you, Hey, please don't do this. I'm on the phone or you gotta, you gotta follow certain rules. If you're going to be here, like, like a roommate. I like that. Andy, thank you again. I want everybody else to weigh in. Give me your advice on what Andy's story said. What else? What you might do differently or if you had something similar happen. What did you do in that instance? So in the meanwhile, 
we're going to wrap up this small talk, but I want you guys out there to keep an eye out because we're going to be announcing a hell of a giveaway and it ain't child's play. And if you have seen my Instagram at Aaron Sagers, you know, I'm not playing around. Yeah, that is a tease. We'll begin promoting that giveaway late February and then announce the winner on a March 7th episode of Talking Strange. Finally, as we wrap up, send me those letters. Tell me about your strange encounters. Ask questions, comments about the show, suggest guests. And you can do all of that by emailing talkingstrange at denofgeek.com. I am Aaron Sagers. This has been Small Talk, a mini episode of Talking Strange. And until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content.